Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale for your next project this summer, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, we are giving away 100 bucks to Optimum Golf. You can find them in Park Hill or in Rhino. You can use that 100 bucks for whatever you want to. Maybe you want to get custom fit, custom built clubs. You can use it for that. Uh, you can also use it with their award-winning pros, specifically Kyle, who teaches my daughter. Maybe you want to hit one of those virtual bays and play courses all over the country. That'd be a total hoot. I've done it in the past. You can do that for a couple of hours. So, so many things to do. Fine-tune your game for this upcoming summer at Optimum Golf. First callers getting 100 bucks to go there. 303-831-1340. 303-831-1340. And book your tee time today at theoptimumgolf.com. Time now for the buzz or the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch <coughs> Casino in Blackhawk. Okay, very, very happy and thrilled to be introducing Cody Rourke, the newest Broncos analyst for Mile High Sports. He's also our insider as well. Spent the last couple of years with the Pro Football Network. Welcome to the team, Cody. Hey, thank you so much, guys. I'm super grateful to be a part of Mile High Sports. And uh, just crazy uh, thinking back when I first moved to Colorado and Mile High Sports is one of the first outlets I turned into in terms of radio the magazine you know very glad now to be working alongside all of you and uh can't wait to get started well you're going to start right now a lot of people have been giving their opinions about the draft i saw an nfl network uh one analyst gave the broncos an a i saw other analysts absolutely trash the broncos draft where are you you know i'm kind of in between i'm in the middle here and the reason i think that you know there's there's a lot of outrage i think when you don't have a first round pick uh, in the draft anytime, there's definitely a lot of people that kind of miss out on They think that there's a lot of luxury to be had, especially when you have a round one pick. But I, I like the direction the Broncos went right now with the roster that they currently have. Now, I think everything will be determined once we see these players play, and I think the real grades will probably come out in the next couple of years to see what impact these guys have. But looking at Nick Benito out of Oklahoma, you know, for him, he's coming into a, you know, an edge rusher room that features Bradley Chubb, Randy Gregory, who's expected to be ready for the regular season after undergoing arthroscopic shoulder surgery. But then you have a room of Malik Reed. You have Jonathan Cooper, who was surprising last year. Last year, you have undrafted rookie free agent Andre Mintz, who made the active roster last season. And now you add Benito into that as well. And George Payton says he's got to get stronger to be able to set the edge, but they believe he can get there. He does have a lot of explosiveness to him, especially with his first step. I'm a big fan of this pickup here. And I don't think the expectation is that he's going to have to start right away. So I, I like the addition there. The Dulcich pick, Greg Dulcich out of UCLA, I, I think this has a lot of potential here for the Broncos in this offense as they look to open things up. It gives them another downfield threat, but this time at the tight end position alongside Albert O. So the first two picks for Denver in the draft, I think, have a lot of potential. And I think they'll probably be the primary focus going into the season. Now, you kind of mentioned with Nick Benito, of course, that he isn't the best at setting the eggs right now, and uh, they're they're asking me a backup, but do you think that uh, might kind of 
put him not only as a backup this year, but even not the primary backup, not the first guy up, and that maybe the first guy up uh, behind Gregory and Chubb is going to be Baron Browning or Jonathan Cooper. Yeah, you know, Mace, I think that's certainly a possibility with him, too. And, and even like Jonathan Cooper last season, what we saw from him, just his relentless motor, I think for him, he's got a lot that he's excited to improve on this upcoming season. I'm sure we'll see it in training camp. Uh, but I think it's going to be a loaded room. And I think that the Broncos and Ajiro Evro, if they really want to find a way to get creative in certain pass rush packages, third and long situations, I think they could put him in. Because one thing he even did at Oklahoma that was kind of surprising to me there were times that they'd put him outside on the edge, and then they'd stunt on the opposite side of the field, and they'd drop him back to be a spy. He'd be a QB spy if need be. So they could kind of game plan him depending on the opponent uh, in certain ways. But I don't think it would, it would be a harm of him to be a backup or even not even be the primary backup his rookie season. I think that speaks volumes to where this Broncos roster is at right now with just the amount of guys that they do have. But then again, as we've seen, the NFL training camp preseason, you're just an injury away from being able to be put into a position where you're going to have to maybe take on a little bit more than maybe you're ready for. I know everybody's talking about Benito and Dulcich. I get that, right? Two premium positions, if that's what you want to call it. A a tight end who can catch the ball. I mean, no one would have been overly crazy if he was just the best blocking tight end out there. And we've already talked about Benito. Give me a sleeper in this draft outside of round two and round three that you think could make a tremendous impact? Yeah, you know, I have my eye on Amantra Washington, wide receiver out of Sanford. You know, for the Broncos, and Mason, you know, we can all attest to this watching the Broncos the last several years, special teams, there hasn't been any electricity. There hasn't been any flash. And we were all just at one point just excited a few years ago that the Broncos had a guy who could just field the punt. But now, you know, I think that fans are in a point where they want to see a guy who can return. And when I look at Montreal Washington, one thing that stood out to me is he stepped up in a very big way in a big game against Florida. Now, obviously, it was a shootout of a game. It was 28-28 in the second quarter with seven minutes left until he sprung off a 98-yard kickoff return for a touchdown, and he did it in congested traffic. But not only that, and that gave me had three rushes for 19 yards and a touchdown, 10 catches over 100 yards and a touchdown, and he even had a pass, one of one attempts and completions for 16 yards. And then, as we mentioned, five kick returns, I think, for over 179-yard total return yards. That is field-flipping position right there. And it gives the Broncos a little bit of a gadget player that maybe they could plug in behind K.J. Hamler as he gets, you know, as he's working his way back from ACL uh, surgery. Uh, but then in the return game, if he can really find a way to provide that spark and get the Broncos past mid, you know, midfield several times or maybe even – score once or twice, it is a huge boost for this team. He's kind of an under-the-radar guy, and, and I'm excited to see maybe how he responds in training camp. Are you concerned about him and his frame? I mean, he's been alternately listed between 170 and 180 and 181 pounds. I mean, because he had that return against Florida on the kickoff where he really navigates through traffic well, but if he tries that in the NFL, the fate might not be quite the same <laughs> if, he's in, if, if he's in a thicket of players like that. Yeah, no, I think that's a valid concern. Anytime you get a guy who's a little undersized, uh, you know, being able to come into the NFL where you're playing against guys who are six foot five that can track you down uh, at any point. You know, he he does take great angles. I think he's got great vision. There was a, a quote that I saw that he said that he doesn't fair catch the ball. He he catches everything and he tries to make a return. I think in the NFL, I, I think Dwayne Stoops will probably say, "Hey, you know what? On the safe side, when you need to make sure you fair catch it," because obviously in the NFL, as we see. 
hang time. Mace, you're, you're a big proponent of this as well. Mm-hmm. Hang time is important for opposing punters when you have a kick returner who has speed because it allows your gunners to get downfield. And I think that's exactly where the Broncos have to continue to improve on uh, is just that. So, yeah, I think that is a concern to follow for the Broncos. But you know what? I think the Broncos had a guy in Trenton Holiday at one point uh, that was a little undersized as well. Can he maybe fit that mold a little bit and give them that electricity that Dwayne Stooks is looking for? That's something I'm looking forward to seeing in camp. Well, it's funny because he was asked about that, the, the I own fair catch, and he said, yeah, that was college. It's the pros. It's going to be different. So I don't think you have to worry about that. <laughs> All right, real, I love it. Real quick, and we are talking with Cody Work. Thrilled to have him on board with Mile High Sports. Of course, he's going to be our Broncos insider and our analyst. You're going to hear him a lot on the show if, you know, if, if you know this goes well if we decide to invite you back and um, if you want to come back. Anyway, uh, Cody, obviously great to have you as part of the team. I'm going to let Mace sell his point for 20 seconds. Then I'm going to sell my point for 20 seconds. We just had a conversation that Sam Howell was available in the fourth round. Mace believes the Broncos should have taken him. I believe they should not have. Mace, you can start it off. First of all, you need to. You are always looking to get better. Backup quarterback could be the most important position, depending on how things go for Russell Wilson. You, if he gets hurt like he did last year, you could need a quality backup. Here you have a guy who could, probably should have been a day two pick, fell well into day three. He's a, probably a better backup than you have immediately. Certainly would be better a year from now. And then you don't have room for Russell Wilson to start. If Howell develops well, you can turn him into a third or a second round pick down the line by trading in much the same way the Packers used to do with the quarterbacks. They'd bring in behind Brett Favre. I said 20 seconds. Does this mean now I get 30 seconds? Sure, go ahead. Okay, thank you. I think it would be a mistake to take him. One, uh, going into the draft, the Broncos only had four picks next year. They do have five, which is great. You have Russell Wilson, who's going to want a lot of money when his contract, not when his contract comes up. They're going to sign him in the next 365 days. I don't think you're going to have a lot of money to sign free agents next year anyway. Uh, Howell would not be playing at all with the first team. Um, the season's going to be over anyway if Russell Wilson uh, winds up getting hurt. And quite frankly, I have very little interest two, three years down the road trading a guy for a second-round pick or a third-round pick when you get a guy who can play right now and possibly make a difference. What, is, what you say you? Very fair point. No, yeah, don't do that. No, you got to pick a side. I don't, <laughs> I don't care if it's mine. You got to pick a side. Don't ride the fence. Well, and I'll say this too, in, in terms of Mace's point, and this may be where I lean with Mace's point here. Okay, you're done. It's been fun having you on, Cody. Let the man yeah. speak. <laughs> I appreciate you. You know, for Mace's point, you know, as we did see with Russell Wilson last year with the injury, you know, Geno Smith came in was able to, you know, for a week or so be able to manage things, but then teams started to figure it out. I do believe you you have to have a quality backup quarterback in today's day and age in the NFL. I don't think it matters if you have the defense or the roster you do, and I think that's something that Denver dealt with last season. You know, when Teddy started, the Broncos, they, they tried to find balance with the run game, the short passing game, and the defense was doing whatever it was doing. But then, you know, Teddy gets hurt, Drew comes in, and they still have offensive struggles. Because of that, it puts a lot of pressure on your defense. I, I think you need a guy that can come in, and, and obviously the hope and the expectation is that your starting quarterback never gets hurt, but you can learn along the way. And I think that's why the Broncos kept Brett Rippon on the roster this year, because he has a little bit of a knowledge of this type of system. He's smart, and many think that he has a future career in coaching when it's all said and done. 
But also at the same point, you look at Josh Johnson. He also stepped into a, a major role last year for the Baltimore Ravens and the New York Jets and was able to keep their offenses afloat a little bit despite the fact that throughout his career, I mean, he was drafted a year after we had, uh, you know, the, the 08s, the Ryan Clades, the Jack Williams, uh, you know, and the Wesley Woodyards of the Broncos. So he's been in the league a long time. I think he's benefiting from, uh, you know, Brett Rippon's benefiting from learning from Russ and for Josh Johnson. I think that's why the Broncos brought him back is because they maybe looked at this year's quarterback class, even in these runs, even though they had Russell, and said, hey, I don't know if there's a guy here that can be a backup that we necessarily want at this point in time or that would be available for whenever they had you know eyes on the capital there. So I think that's something to keep an eye on, maybe going into next year. Cody, great job. Really appreciate it. Tell everybody uh, how they can find you on Twitter. Absolutely. I'm, I'm on Twitter at Cody Work NFL, and obviously you can check out my work, Mile High Sports, beginning here in two weeks. Looking really forward to, to being down there, seeing you guys, and uh, obviously uh, providing a presence for Mile High Sports at Dove Valley every day. But uh, really grateful of you guys. Thank you so much for having me on, and uh, can't wait to get this thing started. And congratulations on your new A.J. Brown contract, which you're making $100 million. How much is that is guaranteed? <laughs> Uh, you know, I'd say probably about yeah, $32 million. We'll say that. Good for you. Well, you, you're a hard negotiator with Nate. Good job. Thanks for coming on the show today. Appreciate it. Appreciate you Thanks, guys. Thanks, Cody. Cody Rourke, our new Broncos insider. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk about the guys who absolutely trashed the Broncos draft. And do we agree with their assessments? Because if you want to make the case, they don't bring up awful points. That's next. I was broken from a young age, taking my soak into the masses, writing my poems for the few that look at me, took to me, shook at me, feeling me, singing from heartache, from the pain.